and welcome back to another episode of JP and the Beans Talk. Ho! We are back. We're back. We are back. Straighten your ears. You're welcome. Unfiltered, per use, the diesel version, if you will. There's a great energy in our gym because we're in it. And look at that. Is that Indiana Jones in the gym? I didn't know Indy lifted. You know, I remember being at the Waverly Fairway. Okay. And I was telling somebody else up front that I looked like a young Harrison Ford. Mm. And as I was, as this lady was walking out, she's like, "Yeah, you do look like a young Harrison Ford." And I smiled really big. And wow. I'm taking that to the grave. So I am Harrison Ford's secret grandson. What an honor that would be to find out, right? Like, wouldn't that really be so bad to figure out that, hey, you're the illegitimate child of not just anybody, but this famous person? See, it would be weird because it's like, you know, you have your two sets of grandparents. Sure. And then you're like, oh, you're not my grandpa. Because that also means that either my mom or dad are finding out that that's not their parent. Maybe. Which, so it's maybe. A, I, I would look at it as addition, right? Like you keep what you have. It's true. But if there's anybody that you're not a huge fan of, you just can call them off to the side. But uh, overall, you, you know, there's there's a really just growth opportunity here. Really a positive thing. I mean, if you were Harrison Ford's long lost grandchild, good for you. It's true. Yeah, we'd celebrate that. I earned it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I earned it. Don't know who's illegitimate kid I would want to be. Kevin Costner? Why is he the one that's coming to mind? Interesting. No. I'll have to unravel Field that one. Field of Dreams? Maybe. Field of Dreams. The Robin Hood movie where his English accent was terrible, but it was still a fun movie. It is a good movie. Still a fun movie. It is a solid movie. Yep. 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 He's, he's Superman's dad in Man of Steel. I mean, he's a great guy. This is true. He's fantastic. This is Kevin freaking true. Costner. I'd, I'd be okay with that. All right. That'd be my pick. I think that's a solid pick. Mm-hmm. I approve. Or it'd be someone totally bizarre like Sean Connery. <laughs> Indy's dad, you know? I mean, come on. That's one of the... I tell you what. That... All right. So Indiana Jones is a great character. We know this. We support this. We'll talk about it more. Who is your favorite, not indie character in those movies? In the Indiana Jones movies? Yeah. Me. Listen, I'll go first. It's Sean Connery as his dad. I haven't seen the third one in so long, but you're probably in the Raiders right. of the Last Ark. It's incredible. That's that's my personal fave. The fact that he constantly calls or refers to Indiana as Junior, but Junior, <laughs> it's terrific. I'm gonna say, who else does he even compete with? Short round, maybe. Short round's not bad. Well, the... Temple of Doom is creepy, though. That is one of the creepier... That is... Actually, that is not one of... That is the creepier of the original trilogy. Sure, sure, sure. We don't talk about Crystal Skull. No. No, no, no. Listen, I'm going to confess something to you about my Indiana Jonesdom. I've never seen Temple of Doom because all I've heard is that it's creepy. Oh, dude. And I haven't heard a single person that, that has watched it that was happy about that choice. No, so... I don't know, it's kind of interesting, because the first one, you know, which is, the first one's, like, tied for my all-time favorite movie. But they're it's going an incredible for the Ar- movie. They're going for the Ark of the Covenant. Number two, it's, like, a total change of pace. Yep. And it's oh, like, you're right. I'm sorry. I said Raiders of the Lost Ark for Sean Connery. Uh, Last Crusade. Excuse me. Goodness. And then, yeah, so the second one, Temple of Doom, it's, like, this village water is, like, not getting there or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or it's, like cursed mm-hmm. and so because they took stones like these bloodstones right out, and then it turns out like it's a culty thing where it's sure like all these like people are doing like doesn't it get a little like cannibalistic it's that's never good like it's that's like, just never never a welcome revelation in a story or a movie it's like oh bt dubs cannibals it's like um almost uh because there's like a prince that's like a good guy okay but he's involved in it because he gets like pretty much hypnotized and thrown in, so he doesn't know that he's in it. So a good portion of these people are like being like possessed almost. So it's super creepy. Yeah. And then like some like there's a moment where somebody grabs somebody else's heart 
through their chest. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's freaky deaky, dude. But solid, <laughs> solid movie. Just the first one is so good, and yeah. the third just doesn't one hold is up so to good. the other two, well, which that happens. Also, it's just kind of like it's an odd one, right? Because you have something so iconic as as the uh, like the Holy Grail. Yep. And yep. And the, the Ark Covenant. of the Covenant. Yes, those are two like. Even if you aren't Christian, those are like. Those are big deals. Everybody, everybody understands. Right. Those are like the big kahunas mm-hmm. in some um, significant archaeology. Right. right. Yes. Like if anyone found that, everyone would be pooping bricks. That's right up there with Noah's Ark. You know, if they found Noah's Ark, you'd be like, oh my gosh, it'd be awesome. Right. So that should have been the third one. That should have been the second one. There you go. <laughs> Ark of the forget Covenant. The Raiders, forget the Ark of the Covenant. We're going for the Ark. Can you imagine how huge it would be? Yeah, can you imagine him trying to smuggle the Ark off of the mountain? <laughs> That's my pitch for number six. There you go. Okay. All right. What about... Okay, so I had to look up the actor's name because I could not remember. I remember it was the same actor who played Gimli in the Lord of the Rings movie. John Reese davies as Sala. He's a good supporting character. In the movies, he's got the red hat on. He's actually featured in the trailer. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you need to watch the. I I went through a rewatch and forgot to rewatch the third one for mm-hmm. some reason. So mm-hmm. I need to go rewatch the third one. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But yes. I just love the fights. That he's always going up against Nazis. That's was, great. I know, right? Yeah. And it feels like this one's gonna be Vietnam esque. But, but there's Nazis still. Right. I don't. I don't know. I, I the the setting. I mean, we're getting a little off topic, so we'll, we'll get into it. Anyway, I, I don't think there's any any better character other than Indiana Jones than Sean Connery as his dad. It's it's just iconic. Marion is really good. The gal that plays her, she's outstanding in the first one. Oh yeah. Yeah. The love interest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think. Shia LaBeouf being his son was such a botched opportunity. It just sucked. Because I like Shia LaBeouf mm-hmm. as an actor, mm-hmm. and I just and I think he did fine in that movie. I just yep. think that movie is like brings everything down in it. Oh. So it's it's just tough. It's tough in that sense. You know. You know what? We're going to use that. That is going to be our dumb thing from a previous movie that we're going to use. Because we're on an indie track here. Yeah, we're on an indie track. So, for those of you tracking with us, we are fresh-ish off of seeing the most recent Black Panther movie, Wakanda Forever, which we dove deep into in the previous pod. So now we're getting back into the rhythm of the just random what's out there, what can we discuss. A lot of great options. Not the least of which that is inspiring Beans' is tremendous indie hat was a trailer for the most recent Indiana Jones movie that we can expect in 2023 Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny I got that right kind of Ron Burgundy that I'm Ron Burgundy no it's Dial of Destiny and before we get into all of these I just want to point out there's not a lot of superhero movies that were like announced recently but like the slate of movies we're getting is dope Mm. this Indiana Jones yep um, the Super Mario Brothers movie dropped a trailer, and they are doing Mario Kart in that movie, and it looks dope. Okay, I will be in the theaters to watch that movie. I feel like I'm missing a third one that's not Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, Transformers! Transformers dropped one, and I'm, I was telling Jordan this: this is my generation's Godzilla slash King Kong. Because this is just, we're going to watch robots fight each other. That's what we're going to do. The same reason you watched the cartoons. It's the same, it's scratching the same itch. Yeah. Love it. So to bring it back, we've got a fresh Indiana Jones movie to discuss. But I'd like to, before we dive into that, okay, bounce off of it. We've loved hitting on both good and bad things from previous movies. We're going to start in Negative Town, okay? Because you brought up Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, all right? That was a bad movie. Terrible. It was unfortunate. It was not good. The hype was there. I think Shia LaBeouf was cast well. I loved Shia LaBeouf in that movie. It was appropriate. They brought Marion back in, so mm-hmm. it it you know it made sense. 
But it turned out to be aliens. Sorry for spoiling it for those Which, of you that... How? Why? No. You have, your whole thing is archaeology, and you're like... It was... Weird science! Uh, and it's like... Uh, and it, wasn't it the Russians the bad guys? This one? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And that's whatever. But, like, do you remember that guy getting eaten by the fire ants? Barely. That was terrifying. Because they... It was, they literally left a skeleton behind. There's always got to be something that dies in a real nasty way. There are horrifying deaths in Indiana Jones. Yeah. The first one was Ark of the Covenant. Where they all melt. That was horrific. Wow. Horrific. Wow. Number two, I know there's a couple, and I can't think of them Well, you mentioned the guy getting the heart pulled out of his chest. That's pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Number three, that guy that gets sawed in like three-fourths in the booby trap on the way to get the Holy Grail. Tough. Right before... Quite they tough. Right before his love interest reveals that she too is a Nazi. Mm. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. Well, then he drinks from the guy. not grill and, again, just melts. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's bad. Yep. And then, yeah, because there's that whole leap of faith thing mm -hmm. too. And then that one guy just falls. Tough. Tough. I forgot. Yeah, there's a lot Oh, it's a great of, movie. There's a lot great of movies. There's some deaths in Indiana Jones. Yeah, tons of them. Good call on the fire ants on your part. So where I knew, and I think you're going to resonate with this, and unfortunately it was relatively early in the movie, uh, Indy finds himself somehow, I truly don't remember the set of circumstances that leads to this, but he's on a nuclear testing site. The where fourth a, one? Nu yes, where a nuclear bomb's about to be detonated, and he hides in a refrigerator. Yep. Yeah, yeah, like in a nuke town. Like in nuke town. <laughs> I remember that. In nuke town, the nuke successfully goes off. It detonates. It does not not detonate. It truly explodes, sending the refrigerator flying miles, like not feet, miles. Eventually, it hits the ground, rolls quite a bit. Indy steps out, brushes himself off, completely unscathed okay well the funniest thing i mean that I, I know that in movies you're supposed to suspend your disbelief that was absolutely preposterously unbelievable first of all just through the sheer weight of the fall he would be jelly second of all how is he not like terribly poisoned by the nuclear blast the refrigerator really protected him from that it was that was too much too far okay so too this, far. Re this reminded me okay uh -huh. they, they tested, tested it on mythbusters the whole fridge scene mm -hmm. they tested it mm -hmm. and i was trying to figure out what they came up with mm. and uh no that's not it i was seeing if i could find it Mythbusters would grab onto that. Good on them. I can't remember. I was looking to see if there was like a what what their results were. Sure. And I can't I can't find it. And it's irritating me. What do you remember from that episode? I don't remember much. They were they were doing a lot of different like Indiana like it was like a whole episode on Indiana. Just based Jones. on Indiana, sure. Yeah. So um let's see here. So like being able to disarm somebody they tested. Okay. Okay. And I think they said it was plausible. Okay. And I'm trying to think. See that? There just has to be a thin thread reality, right? It doesn't have to be a known fact, but it just has to be believable enough. And that was, excuse me, that was one of those scenes that was, frankly, unbelievable and not in a good way. So that was, that was my pull for, hey, dumb thing from a previous movie. That qualifies. Indy in the fridge. I'm going to look that up more off, Not good. off screen because... No, but let's, let's stay indie themed though for like great thing from a previous movie. Oh, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I remember my dad showing me the scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark, just the opening scene where he's getting like chased by the giant <laughs> freaking boulder. boulder yeah. Yep. 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 Right and trying to weigh the weigh the little golden idol with the sand. I mean, avoid the various booby traps. 
getting betrayed by the dude who's supposed to help him. You know who that guy is, by the way? Uh-uh. Alfred Molina. I think I did know yes, that. Yes, Alfred Molina. Alfred Molina. Yep, has his, uh, has his few seconds of fame and then is skewered. Oh, yeah. Super dead. Never showed up in a sequel for good reason. That, that to me, is a scene that... I mean, it, what, it's 30-some? No, it's, it's got to be over 40 years old at this point. And it is still iconic. And I don't know if it's been topped, has it? That opening scene? Yeah. For, that's pretty... It's pretty good. What scene can you think of that, like, even comes close to just the the cleverness, the engagement, the intensity? I mean, none of us had, you know, nobody knew who Indiana Jones was as a character, and that scene revealed so much. It was unbelievable. That's hard to top because it shows it shows his cleverness. It shows his athletic ability mm-hmm. in the sense that not only is he, like, smart up here he's strong so he can handle right. himself right and then you know he's got a gun so like he's got all this stuff so yeah and then uh just set him apart he's just a fascinating character right and then he's just a professor on the side which i think is hilarious well right. actually he's mainly a professor right and then, adventurer on the side because and then you knew he got the ladies too because that one girl was like right had written that she loved him on her eyelids that's a hardcore move that's First of all, that is psycho girl vibes. If a girl ever <laughs> walks away. up to you with I love you on her eyelids, run away, run away fast. Because she will have your eyeballs in a container and it will be quick in your sleep. It's good advice. Keep your distance. Yes. So, yeah, the dude. He pulled. He did pull. Mm-hmm. Indy pulls, baby. Mm-hmm. Indy pulls. And it's a different girl every movie. It don't matter if she's good. It don't matter if she's bad. Or if she's bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's not so. someone you'd want to necessarily take uh, as a good example of discretion. He's not necessarily going to steer you in the right direction as a friend. Not in that way, at least. Yeah. So, oh, man. Yeah. I love, I do, I love the first movie so much. Yeah, 1981. What, what an incredible thing. So how on earth, to bring it to, to bring it to the present day, or the soon-to-be present day in 2023, how in the world are we getting another Indiana Jones movie 42 years after the original was released? Because Harrison Ford won't let it die. To be, to do, you, be, do you think is this just is this supposed to be like his swan song for Indy? Is he just trying to end on a positive note because he knows, hey, the Crystal Skull sucked. We need to do better. I would say so because he said, and he's always said that. First, of, first and foremost, there will never be another Indiana Jones. He said that character, that character will die with him. Okay. Although I don't know, think that's really his choice. The character will die with him, according to him. Um, this is the only character that... Hey, he, listen, if he dies, he, he's not going to know. Right. Right. The character that he... Or Indiana Jones is the only character he has thoroughly enjoyed, unlike Han Solo, where he asked to die multiple times throughout the original trilogy, and they finally did it for him in the seventh. Um, literally, I watched one of his, like, trophy speeches or whatever, and he got, like, a trophy, an award, and... Uh, they played the Indiana Jones theme song behind him as he was walking up, and the first thing he says, he says, that damn music follows me everywhere. And then he just keeps talking. It's like, bro, that's your music. Just a grumpus. So, no, I think, I think that's part of it, too. It's like a swan song. James Mangold's done it already with Logan, so I think he's the appropriate director to put. There's some precedent that's been set. I mean, it's been 15 years. I mean, I'm just looking through the... The timeline here, all right, Raiders of the Lost Ark, 1981, so 42 years since the original. Temple of Doom, 1984, Last Crusade, 1989, all right? And then Indy goes to sleep for a good 19 years, wakes up and looks out for the Crystal Skull in 2008. 2008, so 15 years later, we're doing a fifth. It is an inexplicable timeline and that, that's the only thing that I can rationalize in my mind is he's just trying to finish better than where the current the current finish sits. I agree. I, and it's just, 
What's tough for me is he's 80 years old. The dude is old. That is my grandfather. Oh my gosh. My grandpa is 81. That would be him and going and doing all those. He has a bum knee. Okay? My grandpa ain't running anywhere. And you know damn well he, he wasn't running anywhere. So it's just... I don't know. But, but I will say that nor do I. The, the trailer feels like an like an Indiana Jones movie. Like it feels like it brings me back. I get those Raiders of the Lost Ark yep. vibes a little bit. Yep. With the with the sense of humor. And right. The, right. And the, yeah. Yeah. Where he's cracking the whip and saying, get back. And then everybody in the room pulls a gun on him. That is hilarious. He, his eyes get wide. He just ducks under the table. That reminds me of another funny good moment is where that one dude is throwing right. swords around in the, the first sword. one and he just shoots him. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's a great move. Oh, great, great move. move. Yeah, just blows him away. Yeah. No, I, I agree. The trailer has to give you hope, right? Unless you're an entirely pessimistic individual, you got to be enjoying what you see in the trailer, wondering at the same time how on earth it's a thing. But... Hey, reason to be better to go into it optimistically. I, I would like for it to do well. I would like for it to put a good bow on the character. Again, I have no freaking clue what time frame they're supposed to be in because Harrison may not look 80, but he also doesn't look 40. No. So he, he's he's in his elder days. How are we getting Nazis in the not World War II era? We'll see. I know, there was a lot of yeah. jumping around in the trailer. There's a couple shots of a de-aged indie. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how much of that's going to play back and forth. Sure. And it looks... It's delving into the past and just the future, or the, excuse me, the present is not necessarily our present, but it's also not the 1940s. Right. Sure. So, and it, like, it, it feels like with, like, the signs and stuff and the peace, it feels mm -hmm. like it's Viet Vietnam War-esque. Would be my guess, but again, I'm like, I th I th does that time frame work? Don't know. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know. And then on top of that, it's like, I, so I guess Nazis could still be around, but they're they definitely don't have power. <laughs> so I yeah, don't know. They're not they're not welcome here anymore. No. No. So I have no idea. Fascinating, fascinating stuff. All right. Well, we're here for Indy. Good on you, Harrison. You're chugging along inexplicably incredibly as the crotchety old curmudgeon that you've always been whether as a youth or now literally as an old person you've always been a curmudgeon and we appreciate you for that so kudos to harrison okay a couple other trailers dropped as you mentioned earlier guardians of the galaxy 3 the last so far as we know guardians of the galaxy movie so it'll tie off into a trilogy um, and as you noted pre-recording, this felt just a tinge bit somber. This is depressing. This trailer was depressing. Mm. Like, what about it in particular depressed you? Um, okay, we can come up with a couple. Okay, because Rocket, like the flashbacks from Rocket, was yes. like, sad. Oh crap. Yep. This is gonna suck. And then there was a couple other moments, and I'm trying to remember what they were off the top of my noggin, but there were a couple other spots where it was like, ooh. Because um, who was getting their shit rocked by Adam Warlock? Was that Nebula? Somebody was getting their ass It wasn't going well. <laughs> like, it was not going well at all. Adam Warlock looks badass, by the way. He does look terrific. Super excited about He does about look terrific. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just looks so sad. So sad. So hopefully... I mean, they already kind of went into Star-Lord's depressingness, so it won't be focused on him in that sense. Sure. Except him trying to get Gamora back, probably. But, yeah, other than that, it's like... Who on earth, by the way, is the high evolutionary supposed to be? Because he's being presented, along with Adam Warlock, uh, as one of the main adversaries to the Guardians in this movie. As far as I know, he is the main villain. Yep, um, yep. From what, what did James Gunn say? He said something along the lines of... Because I know nothing about him from, from comics lore. Let me look. He, he, looked, uh, he, he looked quite imposing. He looks, he looks dope, and I'm trying to think. I just want to get a little taste of his, his backstory. Yep. Um, okay, well, I don't want that then. Um, 
MCU is what I want. But it was something along the lines of... Let me see. He's a scientist who seeks to take what he views as lower life forms and enhance them into a perfect species. So he's probably who made Rocket Raccoon. Mm-hmm. Kind of hits it right on the nose there, doesn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. He's, he's super smart and pretty much believes in evolution, but he wants to be doing the evolving. Alrighty then. I mean, it's in the name. Yeah. I didn't even do that on purpose either. I said evolving, not remembering that his name was the high evolutionary. So. Good on you. Here's the deal. Uh, yeah, it, it, it didn't feel nearly as buoyant as the previous two Guardians movies where the stakes have... It, it's it, Part of what has been so unique and, uh, and in a really positive way about those movies is that the stakes have been pretty critical, pretty high. Like there's been life or death stakes for the characters within the movies, and yet it has never felt like there's actually any threat of them dying, right? Like worst thing that happened in the first movie was Groot died, heavy air quotes. But even then, you had the feeling that eh, he's not actually dead, and sure enough, he's brought back immediately in the form of a seedling. Second movie, okay, they're on Ego, the living planet. So again, the stakes are significant. The universe is at risk. But it didn't feel like they weren't going to make it. This feels like we might have a problem. Like we might have some Guardians uh, that don't come back. I think, I'm going bold. I, I don't think any of them are coming back. I think they're toast. See, and this is why I toast disagree. Because... Because James Gunn is going out. James He's Gunn out. is out. I think, He's if gone. anything, there will be a reinvention of the Guardians and we'll get like a new roster. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for sure Drax is done. I don't think there's anything keeping Dave Bautista. He was pretty pissed off that they... Uh, what they did with James Gunn yep. years back. Yep. So he's definitely dead. Yep. Nebula, I can also be see as just being Dunzo. Yep. Because her whole character are kind of ended in Endgame, where she redeemed herself fully and is sure. now a hero. I'm honestly surprised she didn't die in that one. Mm-hmm. If we're being real, mm-hmm. um, Star Lord, I think will be okay because Chris Pratt's a big name. And Do you think he wants to stick around though? I think he's gone. Okay. okay. And then Gamora dying twice? Be a little heavy. Be a little heavy. Like they just brought her back to kill her off again. That'd be amazing. Can you imagine she dies in the first five minutes? That's ballsy. (laughs) That is ballsy. Because she had to go be a blue person instead of a green person Mm -hmm. to go film Avatar. Mm -hmm. Gone. Sorry. No, and then, I mean... And like I was telling you earlier, Rocket and Groot make the most sense to keep living because they are the easiest to recast. Sure. And honestly, Vin Diesel will be making so much money off of his voice saying, I am Groot for the rest of his life. Dumbest thing in the world. Right. Dumbest thing right. in the world. So, I don't know. I'm kind of in that. I think No, you're maybe... pro- you're almost definitely right. Uh, I'm, I'm just choosing to go really bold here and say, they're gone. Goodbye. No, I'm, hey, go for it. I can also see Rocket dying, though, too. Sure. The way that they're building Rocket, it's like, yeah, this dude is going to die. You just know Adam Warlock's going to end up being a member of the new team. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if someone else is. Also, I wouldn't mind if the Kraglin just died. I wouldn't be surprised if he died. He might have that big sacrifice at the end. I'm going to miss Dave Bautista. I have adored him as Drax. Oh, for sure. He's been absolutely outstanding. And so for him to no longer be a part of that uh, part of that universe, part of that role, that's going to really stink. It's going to suck. It's going to stink. But here's the deal with like phase five and phase six. You can kind of get a little freaky with it and kill some people. Sure. All you have to do is Secret, Secret Wars comes along and you can kind of just fix it. Because honestly, I think that I would not be surprised if that's the route they go with Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, well, we want T'Challa back. Another universe combined. There was the 
the collision or whatever. Right, those convergences. This. Yeah. Yep. Miles is here now with Peter. Like, you know, anything can really happen mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. in that sense. Yeah. So. Well, fun to get a look at, uh, at Guardians 3. A um, lot of time between now and then. But we don't, we don't even really have a plot either. No, no, we don't know. But excited to see. I think James Gunn has crushed it in two straight movies. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does for round three. So, should be a treat. Did we talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp trailer? A little bit. Okay. A little bit. I couldn't yep. remember. Yeah, okay. we hit on that a bit. Uh, third trailer that we saw that was released was Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Did we decide that was the sixth movie? If you, It is the sixth movie. It is Unless you're counting Bumblebee, right? Right. Okay. So, if you're counting spinoffs... It so is seventh seven. Transformers directed themed movie overall, but sixth Transformers is in the group proper. Bumblebee got his own spinoff, so good on you, B. I love what I love about these movies is the rosters are different every time, mm. minus two characters. Sure, it's always Optimus Prime yep. and it is always Bumblebee. After that. Hey, you remember those couple Transformers you really liked from the last one? They aren't here anymore. Because John Goodman was a Transformer. I don't know if you remember that one. That's hilarious. I don't, I don't know what happened to him. They had the twins in the second one, which were my favorite Transformers of all time, after Jazz in the first one. Jazz not coming back is hilarious in his own sense. But Which, by the way, I don't know how old I was. When, when that first one came out, but when Jazz died in the first one, that broke my heart. He got ripped in half. Ripped in half. Yeah, he didn't it just die. He got bad. smoked. It was, it was decisive. So I think oil like splurted oh. out. <laughs> I was like, no. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, Megatron. Megatron. Uh, that was one sided. Oh There's yeah. actually thinking about this. There were a lot of deaths. So maybe some of those characters just didn't come back because of the dying. But there was like, I don't know if you remember, I think it was like the fourth one. There were like three NASCARs. Sure. Like Jimmy Johnson, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and I want to say like Jeff Gordon or somebody random also had like their race cars as Transformers. And it's like, why? I swear to God. Movies are out of control. There's absolutely out of control. I love it. They're great for what they're supposed to be. And they're out of control. But, like, I don't It's so confusing how they're like, okay, we want these ones back, but we don't want these ones back. And how, how do we have a gorilla transformer? Help me understand that. Those are two. Those are not. So you have Autobots and right? you have Decepticons. Yes. And then you have two more factions. Oh. Yeah, that's another faction. Uh-huh. They are good guys. And then there's an evil faction. Again. Yes. That is the enemies of those ones. And let me look up. My let goodness. Look, let me look this up. My because, goodness. You know, we'll get real specific because I my Transformers knowledge is very limited. Um, Transformers factions. Nope, that is not how you spell factions. Um, the, <laughs> it's so dumb. It is, it is so dumb. Uh, oh my gosh. I hate that. I'm even going to say it. The Maximals. Yes. And the Predacons. Maximals and the Predacons. Okay. Okay. There's more factions, by the way. Dinobots is in there, too, which was in the fourth one, and those were sweet, too, but that's besides the point. I, I just Here's the deal. I just have to read you a list of the character names because these are just fantastic. They are amazing. All right? They start, it starts out pretty good, and it gets better, all right? Maximal Erezar. Oh, you're doing the new ones. Yeah. Oh. Scourge, Autobot Mirage, Optimus Primal, not it Prime, has, Optimus that, Primal. That is the leader of the Maximals. Yep, so I guess. yep. Uh, okay, hang on a second. Here we go. Stratosphere, Nightbird, Optimus okay. Prime. First of all, Stratosphere. Wheeljack. Dude, Stratosphere, badass. Rhinox. These are awesome, actually. <laughs> I love all of this. It's incredible. It's incredible. I now want Transformers toys again. Oh, my goodness. This is like the 14th time in my life oh my I actually wanted Transformers Goodness. Toys. That's great. It's great. And you know what? You know what you should be expecting? 
right? There shouldn't be any misplaced expectations at this point, especially. This is the sixth or seventh, depending on your point of view. Um, but it looks so vastly entertaining and like the level of detail with the design. I love how the faces are becoming more distinct, right? Because that was one thing that was, to me, a little... I'm going to say unsettling with the first Transformers movie, and I get it. Different time. The technology has vastly improved, but it was hard to tell like which Transformer was what. The personalities were quite veiled in the design. Like You didn't have much distinction in the faces. Mm, I see what you're saying. Okay? Yeah. And so I love that there's more almost of a human aspect being melded into the design of the faces with more distinct facial features. Right? Obviously, the Transformers have always had distinct body types depending on the types of vehicles that they can transform into or out of. But I like that the faces are becoming a little bit more dialed in. That's pretty cool. I, I also like, it feels like design-wise, they're trying to make it look like the old toys mm -hmm. and the old cartoons, mm -hmm. which I'm kind of like, I'm digging I'm digging it a little bit. Yeah, even as someone that has like does not own any Transformer toys, never has. I agree. Love that. Uh, love that. Love that design. The only downside about these movies is the human characters. First of all, why? But good question. Do you know how much I miss Sam Witwicky? I miss Sam. No one's been better than I Sam. Miss, I miss Shia LaBeouf. I miss Mark had, Wahlberg. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg thrown in there, and I was like, why? I guess it's I guess it's Mark Wahlberg. I love Mark Wahlberg, but it's like why? And then nope, need Sam. And now it looks like we're having one of the guys from the Broadway musical Hamilton involved in this one. So, and that's all of the humans I recognize. I will say that exit with him out of the Transformer was sick as hell. That that casual walk with the briefcase out that was pretty sweet. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty key. But, oh man, I'm excited. We're getting good movies. It's a night, like, I love my superhero movies. Obviously, we do here, but it's a nice little, like, it's a nice thing to go and be excited for other movies, too. 100%. Yeah, 100%. There is no doubt. There is absolutely no doubt. So, all, all good things. That's great. Okay, anything else on those three flicks that you want to touch on, Riles? No. Okay, something that we did not put on our talk about list that I did want to touch on. Yeah. Because I think this is really relevant, and then we should get into some, maybe some top five action. We have the time. I love it. So, Bob Iger, okay? Is that a name that you recognize? Yes, Disney. Disney, CEO, CEO right? So, Bob retires. Okay, a little context here. Bob retires, steps down in, uh, in 2020. Okay, as expected. No, you know, no controversy, no shenanigans. He had taken over the role way back in 2005, oversaw a run of significant growth within the company, heralded as one of the great CEOs of his time, all this, steps out in glory, handpicks his successor, and after two and a half years of watching the successor poop the bed, <laughs> Bob steps back in. So he's back. Mm -hmm. And... So it's been newsworthy. It's been worth uh, worth tracking, worth keeping tabs on. But there's a quote here from Bob that I think is in line with what you and I have discussed on this podcast over the course of many pods in the last year in particular. Bob, I'm going to read a quote. This is from Inc.com, all right, in reference to Mr. Iger. In a town hall on Monday, Iger told employees that he believes creativity and storytelling are at the heart of Disney. I'm obsessed with it, and I'm obsessed with it for a reason, because it drives this company, Iger said. Here's the end of the quote. It's not about how much we create. It's about how great the things are that we do create. Methinks that Bob feels like you and I, or he's been listening to the podcast. That's probably really say, what it is. Bob's been listening to the pod. Bob's, Bob's a fan. He doesn't want to name drop us. He doesn't want us to get too big too fast. I'm going to say you can appreciate uh, you, send Bob. us the check in the mail. Appreciate you. Wink, wink. Sign that out to R-I-L-E-Y. <laughs> Beans isn't my real name. And then however many zeros the that you want to throw at the end of there. Yes. 
dude, just hire me. Like, don't even give me money. Just hire me. That'd that be great. Works. That yeah. Works. Uh, but I am fascinated based on that, that quote and that comment and the, for the, all the, the lack of drama that was part of Bob's original run as CEO to the drama that has ensued since he left that he is now stepping into to try and resolve I think there's a lot of merit to what we've been saying. So it's a little bit of a pat ourselves on the back, but also to call attention to there could be a significant, not at all subtle, change coming in the sheer volume of content that we have seen just pour out of Disney in general, but for more of our our purposes and our listeners, the Marvel side as well. I mean, we have lamented multiple times about the fillers in different episodes, whether it be Hawkeye or She-Hulk or others, and that's been a potential temporary bump in the road, but I don't think it's an accident that that is part of what has happened, and now we hear the former CEO who stepped out, stepping back in, saying something to the extent of, we're putting out too much, and it's not good enough. We can do better simply by doing less. You know, on top of that, it also makes me wonder how much that guy had say when it came to Marvel and it came to Star Wars because, like, I remember hearing some frustrations from Feige. Sure. So I'm wondering if that was attached to that. Sure. And maybe maybe Kevin was like, we need to slow down, and that guy's like, no, we need to keep Crank producing. stuff out. Mm. So I'll be curious to see what that effect is right. out of the gate because if marvel keeps pushing out a bunch of content then we know it wasn't him mm. so yep that's where i'm at yeah yeah i just think it's it's worth noting it's fascinating to see what will come what will come of that and to your point too it's hard to know hey how much does the guy or gal whoever it is at the very top how much can they truly influence because it still comes down to the screenwriters coming up with a solid and producing a outstanding screenplay. The director putting together a phenomenal film. Actors and actresses coming through with great performances. There's so many pieces, so many people involved that I think it's an oversimplification and inaccurate to put it all, for better or for worse, on one person. And at the same time, the person at the top has the greatest opportunity for influence, right? They permit or do not permit what does cross through the threshold or cross over the threshold. So makes me hopeful. Um, makes me hopeful that there's some appropriate course correcting going on at the very top for these beloved franchises, right? Now, the, the other side of that, too, is, well, he also oversaw the Disney takeover of the Star Wars franchise, and that has been a mixed bag. Not all bad, but certainly not great either. Well, there's there, a lady in charge of that that shouldn't be. Yeah, well, Kathleen Kennedy, she's got some work to do. But again, she answers to Bob, and Bob, if we want to give him some modicum of credit for what's taken place with Marvel... Uh, it's worth giving him a, a fair share of the discredit for what has or hasn't happened with Star Wars as well. So, anyway, good on you, Bob. We believe in you. We believe in what you're saying. And again, send the check. R-I-L-E-Y, not beans, not B-E-A-N. Or R-Y-L-E-E or R-Y-L-E-I-G-H. Just about anything L-E-I-G-H. Those are all the female spellings of the name, all right? R-I-L-E-Y. Mm -hmm. Got to get it right. Got to be precise. Love it. All right. I think it's time for another classic JP and the Beans. Top five. Today's top five. We are revealing who we believe to be the five most influential directors of superhero movies across Marvel and DC. So not necessarily best. Not necessarily even favorites. But influential so riles oh yeah influential right influential okay influential okay that makes sense mm -hmm. i kind of went best but influential still works best in sense best is because fine. 
because they that there's a reason they're the best. There's there's a reason. So I did it right. There's a reason. Good. You're good. So my number five, I'm gonna go first here. I'm gonna kick us off. We've name dropped this guy already a couple times on the pod. Mr. Jimmy James Gunn is my number five. What James accomplished with the Guardians movie, I think was extraordinarily significant because it proved that Marvel and superhero movies could be based around characters that no one knew about going into, and people would still go to the movies, still see the movie, still enjoy the movie, and it helps that the movie's actually good, right? It's not just, hey, they're obscure, perfect, that'll work. No, you actually got to crush it. You got to do a great job. And James did just that. That first Guardians movie, I think I watched it three times in the theaters. I enjoyed it that much. So good. It was great, and it still holds up, still stands the test of time. Guardians 2 was also quite solid. He obviously doesn't have a lot more besides that. Now, he made a good Suicide Squad movie for DC. Not my personal favorite, but it was it was well made. And he still, it was still vastly better than the previous Suicide Squad movie. Right. And I think James Gunn's like the thing he does best, and it's kind of what you said too. Mm-hmm. The way he takes characters that no one cares about and then turns them around into these pretty much iconic characters. He finds value in them, man. Right. It's like, think, no one would have like really cared about King Shark or Polka Dot Man until Correct. that movie. Yep. So, do what you will with that. No doubt. So, there's my number five, James Gunn. My number five is Ryan Coogler. Nice choice. Um, and... First of all, Black Panther like broke the world when that movie came out, the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, I want to say from a superhero movie perspective, I think he is arguably, if not the best at world building. Mm. Because Wakanda as a whole, like you want to know more about that country. Yep, It's insane. It's yep. awesome. Um, they're talking about doing a black panther like prequel series or something about mm-hmm. the first black panther which i'm all in and i don't even know anything about the first black panther frankly they might not either and they might just make it all up Fine still here for me. it still here for it an old wakanda mm-hmm. sick and they have like this awesome mix of technology and like i don't know how to how to describe it like old and new technology mixing together yes work even better yes. i think it's awesome so Strictly off of world building. And he also gave us Killmonger and Namor, which are two of the better Marvel villains we've gotten. Killmonger probably is a top five Marvel villain. Oh, no question. So Yeah, love that pick. He didn't quite make my list. Hate myself for that a little bit. I was juggling him, and I was juggling... Who's the other one on my list? Um, uh, Taiko, I thought about, but because of Thor 4, he's dead to me. And then... There was, there was one more, and I feel really bad for not knowing who that is. Oh, technically Joss Whedon. You could throw in there, too, mm-hmm. with Avengers, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Yep. So that was my number five. Yep. Love I, that. Love it. All right, who's your number four? Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. My number four is James Gunn. Yes. James Gunn is my number four because of exactly everything that you said. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a great choice. Yeah. Yeah, great choice. My number four is Sam Raimi. Oh, yeah. yeah, Sam, the guy. Uh, director of the first three Spider-Man movies, and more recently, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, what Sam was able to accomplish with the Ridge Spider-Man movies, in some respects, it feels a bit, a bit campy, but he was able to get enough there was this transition that had to take place, right, with the first Spider-Man movie. Superhero movies were still pretty goofy, pretty slapsticky, and there's elements of that in the first Spider-Man movie. But enough of the movie was grounded, was able to be taken seriously, that you realized, hey, there's a real story to tell about this character of Peter Parker. And then by the time we get to Spider-Man 2, you have one of the best superhero movies of all time, that gets further away or distances itself further away from the campiness, from the silliness, and just delves deep 
into a character arc that is as good as it gets. And what Sam Raimi was able to accomplish, I think, helped pave the way for future movies. So, Sam Raimi, my number four. How about you? What do you got for? Or you already said? Sorry, you said number four. I'm number four. I mean, I can say it again. Going, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going loopy here. My number three is John Favreau. That's my number three. That was three. the other one. That was the other yep. one on my border. Yep. Now, John by far has the tiniest filmography to, you know, that's revealed on my list. He's got Iron Man and Iron Man Two, and Iron Man Two is not nearly as good as the original Iron Man. But how 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 good is it when your movie paves the way for all the other movies? I'd say it's pretty good. And you still get to be involved in a lot more movies yeah, than that. <laughs> I'd say I'd say that's pretty good. So his influence has gone beyond just, you know, as a director, producer, even acting in uh, in the various movies as Happy Hogan. Um, but what he was able to capture in that first Iron Man movie, that tone is felt throughout the first three phases of the MCU. Like the combination of great character building, great storytelling, and yet humor mixed in there. That's that's it. That's everything you see in Iron Man. That's what has made so many Marvel movies great. And Favreau's responsible for setting that tone. He crushed it. That's my number three. My number three is Sam Raimi. Come on. Because of Spider-Man and a lot of the things you said, but um, the way he, I mean... The way he portrayed Peter Parker on screen, it felt like he really just ripped that out of the comics. Mm-hmm. That, that was one. That's one of the most comic book accurate. Peter, well, just takes on a hero in general. Like that was Spider-Man. Yeah. And if you think about it too, this came out at a time where like it kind of helped establish superhero movies to do well. Yes. Because this and X-Men came out right around the same time. Right. Yep. Maybe a year apart. Maybe yeah, I think 2000, X-Men was, 2001. I would yep. say X-Men was first. Yep. Correct? Correct. So, like... It's a big deal. Yeah. They, they kind of set the stage for it, and uh, Spider-Man was the first comic book movie that I went to see in theaters with my dad, and Green Goblin scared the bejesus out of me um, for rightful yes. reasons. Yes. But just... Yeah. So, Sam Raimi, and I don't even blame them all for Spider-Man 3 after I heard all the... The backstory. No, that was no, that was well, well out of his control at that point. I just, I wish we wouldn't have gotten robbed of Spider-Man Four because they released. I don't know if you've seen these pictures, but they did release like stills of like the vulture wings, and they looked legit. And it's such a bummer that we didn't get that. But yeah, he's my number three. Love it. All right, who do you got number two? Okay. I think our number two and number one are going to be the same, and if they're not, I'll be surprised. So number two, I have the Russo brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. For Captain America: Winter Soldier, for Infinity War, and for Endgame, because not only is oh and, and Civil, Civil War and Civil War. How's so, that for a lineup? Right. Those are bangers. Right. They're four bangers. Right. So Winter Soldier was fan. Fantastic. It's mm-hmm. arguably the you know what it is the best Captain America movie because the third one is an Avengers movie. Agreed. So totally agree. Winter Soldier's fantastic. The way they balance Bucky, Civil War is great <laughs> to handling the dynamic of Captain America and Iron Man. Yep. And Infinity War and Endgame, they somehow figured out how to balance Impossible. an entire roster and still focus on this one main bad villain and just have him dominate everybody it is awesome the and it yeah like they did something that we are not going to see again for a while and i don't even know if anyone else can top what they did i don't even know if they're the next avengers movies can do that i totally agree yeah they're my number two also and you've said it very well i think what blew me away in coming up with my list is all of these names that are on this list have have a few eh, in there or have a movie that you're like, it just wasn't quite peak. Not a bad movie, but it wasn't peak. I, what movie do you want to pick apart on the Russo brothers? You can't. You can't. You can't. I mean, I remember 
going into the Captain America Winter Soldier movie and not having high expectations at all. Like Cap was, he was present. His character was what it needed to be, I think, in the mm-hmm. first Avengers movie. But he was far from a formidable force. In the opening scene of Winter Soldier, where he is just wrecking the crew of pirates that has taken over the the S.H.I.E.L.D. ship, uh, what a tone setter that was. It was a, oh, wait a minute. This is Captain America? I'm in. I'm in for this. In that movie, now that I rewatch it, even with heightened expectations, it's still fantastic. It's outstanding. It's so... It's so well-designed, not just with the story, but the characters in every aspect. It's it's an absolute win. And they carried that into Civil War, which, as you said, it, let's be real. It's an Avengers movie. And then what they accomplished with Infinity War and Endgame, the sheer massive scale, all the characters that they hadn't spent as much time with, the fact that they were able to maintain individual tones of Guardians characters, of Doctor Strange, of Iron Man, all these characters. I mean, they freaking introduced, they brought Spider-Man and Black Panther into the MCU. Yeah, I forgot about that too. Wow. By rights, they might, maybe they should be number one. I was going back and forth on this. Oh, for me, it was an opener. Yeah. Yeah. Do we say it together? I think we do. Okay, on three. You bet. One, two, three. Zack Snyder. (laughs) (laughs) It's Christopher Christopher Nolan. It's Christopher Mother Eleven Nolan. I can't I'm so proud of you that you did the same thing that I did. That's awesome. (laughs) Yes, Christopher Nolan. It's gotta be. Right? Oh, for sure. Here, here's something then. I want to say one thing about Christopher Nolan, and then I want you to go. Here are the superhero movies that came out in 2005, same year that Batman Begins came out. Okay? Sky High, Superhero Academy. Hey, great movie. <laughs> actually, it's, it's Honestly, not it, it's not bad. It's, it's actually bad. entertaining. Yep. And they have, uh, they have Kurt, Kurt Russell, Russell in that movie for, what a pull. for whatever reason. What a pull. Yep. <laughs> So can't be hating on Sky High too much. Fantastic Four. Okay. The first one? The first one. Oh, that came out at the same time as Batman Begins. How about that? That's not a terrible movie, though. Not terrible. Not great, but not, not great. Terrible. Nope. Electra. <laughs> I forgot they made that into a movie. Yeah, and, that, and that's really it. Like, they're, they're cla- this, this Google search is resulting in some other shenanigans, but that's really it. But that just gives you an idea of, okay, what, what was out there? When Batman Begins showed up on the scene, that, that was it. Um, Dark Knight was 08, right? Correct. So we had Iron Man and Batman in the same yep same span. Yep. 2008 was iconic. 100. percent Um, yeah. For me, like the Dark Knight is even like I think the craziest part about the Dark Knight is not only is it arguably the best superhero movie to ever grace the screen. It is art. That also goes down as one of the greatest films. So not just superhero films, general films. I believe Heath Ledger's Joker is in the top five villains all-time movie-wise on IMDb. That is absolutely insane. Yeah, it's, it's a phenomenal movie. The whole trilogy is outstanding. I stand by Dark Knight Rises. I think it's great. I don't think it's at the same level. As the Dark Knight, but I still think it's a great movie. Oh, for sure. And I think Batman Begins is as good of an origin movie as you're ever going to see for a character. Um, and what Christopher Nolan accomplished, like the the word that lo- that people loved throwing around was, oh, it, it's serious, it's serious, it's serious. And that's not what made it special. Like the the tone, that's part of what makes it unique. But the serious, the reason I get a little frustrated with this, it simply demanded to be taken seriously. Like, it took itself seriously. It's like, hey, this is a great character with a great story to tell. We don't have to goof off. We don't have to apologize for, oh, this is kind of silly, isn't it? It's like, not, this is going to be a dude dressing as a bat? 
vigilanteing as a billionaire around his city, and it's going to be awesome, and you're going to believe in it and want to see more of it. He didn't apologize for that. That was incredible. He was proud of what it was, rightfully so, and it gave permission, it gave clearance for these movies, for everything that came after that to exist. It's like you don't have, you don't have to apologize for the potential absurdity of it. Lean into it, in fact. Just embrace it and take yourself seriously. You don't have to be serious in tone. Hashtag Superman. But you do have to take yourself seriously and that allows your strengths to show. And I thought that was just such a special thing. Well, if you think about all the Batman that came before, yep, we had, you know, Michael Keaton's. I I don't really I don't know if I've even seen all sure. those all the way through or remember much of sure. them. If I have, but like if you just look off pure character design alone, like they're kind of campy. Yep, very much. so. Oh, they just got progressively more goofy. Right, and yep. George Clooney's Batman had nipples on the suit. Okay, and then to have, and that was that was the last Batman before, correct? If I'm not mistaken, before Christian Bale took Batman, dude, Clooney finished 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 filming that movie and said, "Well, we just killed the franchise." Yeah, yeah, that's tough, dude. Yeah, he knew so, it wasn't good. Right. So to have it, pretty much where they left Batman off was like, we can't do superhero movies again, mm-hmm. and to have him be like. You know, you still had X-Men and Spider-Man where it's like, oh, these can be successful, but they're still kind of comic booky. And then to have the Dark Knight show up and be like, okay, yes, we're going to have the same essence as Batman in the comics, but we're going to go for a more realistic take. Yep. And we're just, and we're going to, yeah, this is Batman in the real world. And we're not going to worry about anybody else except Batman. It was so, it was so believable, so relatable that it tied it into the real world in such an intentional, intentional fashion. Like, what an impossible balance to strike. Like, to to have it be believable in the real world and yet still be fantastical enough that you're blown away by the scenes, by the action, by the feats that are taking place in the movies. It It's absolutely, absolutely incredible. And the level of detail that Nolan brought to the, the storytelling... Um, I think it just set a different bar for the superhero movie genre as well. It's like, this is what you can be. So aspire to be that. And I think that's part of what makes it so absolutely influential. And to your point about The Dark Knight, that movie was so good, it didn't get nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture. And the Academy changed the rules because they realized uh, that that movie should have at very minimum, been nominated. And so it went from whatever the limited number, I think it was just five nominees for Best Picture, and expanded it to 10 within the next year or two because it went, "Eh, this is, okay, how did we keep this one out? That's ridiculous. Because to your point, it's just an outstanding movie, superhero movie category notwithstanding. It's it's absolutely worthy of all the praise it gets. And what... What superhero movie before that ever got nominated? No. Probably none. No. Probably no. none. No. No. They were in their own and not flattering category. So it's uh, it allowed superhero movies to to grow up to their betterment, not to a place of where DC overcorrected, right, and said, hey, Zack Snyder, why don't you just make everybody really serious and somber? It's like, no, no, no. That's not what's special about it. That's not the point. Uh but they were able to mature is probably the right word to use there. And that was that was absolutely critical. Here's the deal. This has been a fun top five to do. I really, really, really thought about putting Zack Snyder in here as influential in a negative way. <laughs> hey, here, here's what not to do. Here's what not to do. You could make that argument with Joss Whedon too. Sure. Because, you know... Give Zack Snyder, like, Zack Snyder had his own flair for it. Yep. And there were people that had that fan base. Mm -hmm. And then you also had Joss Whedon, who jumped on that Justice League train and ruined it more. Right. 
which didn't copy the tone at all of his other ones, which no. made it worse. No. And you also had Joss Whedon who decided, yes, he is influential for the first Avengers because that movie it's great. is fantastic. It's great. But then he decided to copy and paste it for the second one and it didn't work. Mm. So it's like, yeah. Well, and, and Zach, here's the thing. He even got some things right. What he got right more than anything else was the casting. He cast Henry Cavill. Great choice. He cast Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Great choice. He cast Jason Momoa as Aquaman. Great choice. He also cast Ben Affleck as Batman. And Whoops. So, so three for five. <laughs> Four Again, for five. Both what to do and three what and what not to do. That was, yeah. And yeah. cyborg. Four for six. Hey, there you go. Yep. Four, wait, yep. Ray Fisher is cyborg. Four for six. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He was yeah. great. He was great. Yeah. So. But. Well, there you go. There's another JP and the Beans top five. Uh, feel free to share with us what your top five most influential superhero movie directors would be. So that's what I got for you, Beans. Perfect. I think we wrap it up there. It's time. All right. Um, as always, um, come check us out on YouTube. Come check us out on TikTok at the Magic Beans Productions. Come check us out wherever you can listen to a podcast. You bet. You found us here, so Thank you. you can find us somewhere else. Um if you enjoy listening to me and you want to hear me sure you do. Mm-hmm, sure you say do. some other stuff, Cloudy uh, with Chance of Beans, Rain and R. And then uh, I think, and that's Thursdays at noon. And yeah, I think that's it. Crushed it. Love it. On that note, God bless. Peace.